Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Howdy ho, everybody, and welcome back to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher. Thank you for joining us. Man, I'll tell you what, there are, there are going to be more than a few ears that perk up when you hear what we're talking about today because I think every one of us is interested in not only hiring great people, but in being hired for that incredible job. So... What do we do? Well, most of the time we talk to people who know what they're doing. So my good friend Mike is here to talk about that. And without further ado, let's get started. Finding talent and helping others find a really, really good job is what I do and what I love to do. Uh, I initially started recruiting in hospitals. So we were, we were finding hospital leadership all over the country. Uh, but then I found my way to hospitality, um, I got offered a job to come work for Hilton to manage uh, a large portion of the Hilton operated hotels and restaurants uh, in the western part of the United States. So I kind of just took my recruiting stuff that I had learned and, and developed over the years and, and took it over to the hospitality world. But through that, just got to know kind of how things work. I worked primarily with the food and beverage leaders for these um, these big resorts and hotels, um, just learning kind of what they need, their struggles. Uh, and I helped them primarily find their staff. Uh, so I've probably hired 1,500 cooks in my life. Um, I don't know how many dishwashers, <laughs> but but also, you know, ser- you know servers and uh, the people, you know, everybody that, that has, that touches a restaurant in an hourly capacity, uh, I have hired a bunch of those people. And so I managed a big team that, that did the same thing. And we just developed some, some ways to find talent that worked really well in some competitive markets. So that's something I love doing. Uh, I love the competitive aspects of it. Now today, I don't really do that. Today, I run an executive search firm that we now place executive chefs into into nice jobs. Um, so we're more of a matchmaker for chefs and jobs. So I don't really do the hourly stuff anymore personally, but I still, it's still a passion of mine. I still love it. And I still recognize what a struggle it is for chefs and restaurant people to find good staff. And I'm telling you, Sean, there are ways to make it much easier on your life to find that staff. Uh, if you just follow some, some really simple, um, just techniques that that a lot of other kind of recruiters are doing they're simple to kind of to to do yourself even if you're just kind of one chef and you run your own thing or if you're a chef and you work with an hr department you know uh so i love passing that information along to chefs and then obviously uh i love helping good chefs find their dream jobs and i think there's some things you can do as a chef to set yourself up for that big job that i know chefs want uh, if you do certain things as well. So those are the two things that I love doing. So that, that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. There are probably more than a few people out there who are listening to this that think, holy smokes, this, 
I'm going to get something out of this. And, uh, and I think you can definitely teach us a few things. So I want to start by saying that there is a phrase going on out there, in, especially in the hospitality world, that there is a war on talent. And uh, what, what do you say to that? What is your perspective from someone who, who actually does recruiting and hiring and, and hiring people for people? So war on talent, that is not hyperbole. I mean, it, it truly is, uh, especially for hourly talent. Um, you know, cooks are one thing. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking about a, a restaurant or a hotel, um, you've got all these hourly, hourly people that can do a number of different things. You know, they can go work for, for Chick-fil-A. They can go work for, uh, you know, Amazon's got little job, you know, hourly jobs in every town. Now, there's a lot of different places that that people in that category could go um, now when we're talking about finding kitchen staff cooks are a little unique in that they are um, you know a lot of times they are you know they're looking at it in, as a career they're not just hey I just need a job so I can get through college a lot of the cooks are hey I'm starting out I want to I want to be a really good cook um, you know let let me you know who, where can I go that was going to support me, mentor me, further my career, you know? So, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind if you're hiring a lot of people, um, you know, the kind of bigger picture kind of going back to, to that, that, uh, you know, war on talent thing. Um, kind of the biggest thing that I see is hotels, restaurants, they all talk about that. You know, you and I are sitting here talking about how tough it is to find talent, all that stuff. But what are, what, are, what are those places really doing to compete? Because when we're talking about a war on talent, we're talking about it is very competitive to hire the best staff, right? So if that's the case, what are you doing to, get, to be competitive? What are you doing to win that war, to win that battle for that talent? Are you doing anything to separate yourself from the restaurant down the street? What are you doing? How are you making yourself any, any different, any more appealing? What are you doing to go after their people? You know, I know it, you know, we, we maybe we don't want to talk about that, but in order, if you've got a restaurant and you and you need really good cooks, they're working somewhere else. And so you have got to take them from where they're working and, and entice them to come work for you. Well, what are you doing to do that? You know, so that's the biggest thing. We know it's tough to find people, no doubt about it. It's not going to get any easier. So what are you going to do to go find those people? Uh, I don't think that, when I first started, no one was talking about this stuff. How do we get competitive? How do we um, position ourselves competitively with other places? No one was talking about that. Now, at least people are talking about, if I probably, you know, if you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation seven years ago, because, you know, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a topic really that chefs would be talking about totally. Uh, but today, people are now more open to it. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, what can we do to get more competitive? We need to get competitive. So I think that competitive spirit's a little stronger these days. Oh, definitely. I think we have, I, oof, it's just getting tougher out there. And I think that um, there's a lot of people out there who are listening to this who are thinking, yeah, I, I definitely want to hire people, and I know I probably have to hire them away from, from other places. So fill us in. Where, like, What is it that we need to do to set ourselves apart? What do we need to do to become the employer of choice what are the things that we could do that our competition isn't maybe? Yeah, sure. So here's the thing. What you, what you got to think about is 
you are going out to attract talent. So you, you have to think about finding talent the same way that you think about finding customers or guests to your, to your place of business. So that's how your mindset has to be, all right? And you really have to think of yourself as a marketer because if you're going to find hourly employees, you're not, I'm a headhunter. I go out and talk to people. I call them. I, I go target people uh, every day. But you're not going to do that if you need to hire, uh, you know, six cooks and three dishwashers. That, that's an, an impossibility. That's, that's not how you recruit. You have to be honest with yourself. How do we recruit? We recruit by being, by marketing our, our opportunity inside the talent marketplace. That's what we do, first off. And we have to, in that talent marketplace, make our marketing better than everybody else's. So if you're, if you're a chef, the first thing you need to do is create marketing for your, for your job. So if you've got a couple of different positions, maybe you've got like a, a kitchen manager job that you hire for on a fairly regular basis. You've got a cook position that you hire for obviously on a regular basis, and then you've got a steward or a dishwasher. You need to create three marketing documents for both of the, for all of those jobs. Now, if you're no good at that, if you're, you're a brilliant chef, but you don't, you don't know anything about marketing, find a salesperson, find a marketing person, <clears throat> excuse me, find somebody that can write copy. And then you're going to tell them, this is what's exciting about working here. And you're going to say, listen, I want this to appeal to somebody that's really good at what they do. I want to find a really good cook that's maybe a little unhappy in their present job. Maybe this cook works for Google. Google pays cooks very well, and you're right. They'll work a nine-to-five schedule, and they get paid $16 an hour in an area that averages $14 an hour. 100%, Sean, that's what's going on right now. How do you compete with that? Well, those cooks aren't going to learn the way they can learn in your kitchen. If I can work for you, Sean, I know for a fact I'm going to go work for uh, an amazing chef that's going to mentor me, that's going to give me what I need to become you one day. That's not going to happen at Google. What happens when you come work for me? Yeah, you're going to work hard, but you're going to get mentored and trained in a way that you'll never get anywhere else. We mentor our staff unlike any other place. Um, we offer you A, B, and C. You know, we can, we can help you with, with this and that. You know, you got to create, you got to separate yourself in whatever, whatever way that, that makes you special and different. Think about what cooks want. You know, maybe, maybe you do find a way to get creative with their scheduling. Uh, you know, we've got th three different schedules that we, we offer each day. Um, you know, you're, you're, we're able to, to change that depending on what your needs. Maybe they do go to school, you know, three days a week. You can help that out with, with your scheduling. You know, just make your marketing compelling. And, and then, you know, to make it easy, have that created one time, that, uh, that, that job post that is a marketing document now. Have it created once and just keep it. Keep that thing. And then whenever you have a job that opens up, you just run it on Indeed. Always use Indeed. Just run that thing. Uh, the same one all the time. You could tweak it here and there. But if it's beautifully crafted, you're going to be so far ahead. Go look at the cook jobs that are on Indeed right now. The, the, the job posts. They're terrible. <laughs> they don't make you want to work there. 95% of them are awful. So if you have one that's beautifully written and compelling and it makes you, wow, I want to work there. You're already ahead of the game. You're already, already winning for that talent. Number two, Sean, is uh, when, when people do apply, you have got to be on it. You can't wait four days to contact them. If you do, they already have a job. Uh, good candidates, they are, they are like those beautiful ripe apples on the tree. They get picked first. 
uh, and you're going to be, you know what you're going to be left with, the ones that are on the ground. <laughs> Those are easy to get, but you probably don't want them. So, you know, that's the key. You got to get those candidates really quickly uh, and contact them really quickly. And I'll give you another little tip. Uh, what I would do is, first off, I think I mentioned this before, always use Indeed. Don't mess with any other job board. Just post your jobs on Indeed. They've got a good little applicant tracking system within Indeed that you can use, and it'll keep yourself organized. Um, and then number three is get yourself a Google Voice account that's totally free. Uh, you can keep it on your phone. If you've got a, an office and you've got a computer, you can have it on your computer too. Always text these candidates. They don't pick up the phone. Uh, don't, don't ask me why, but nobody picks up the phone anymore. So you're going to want to text them. Hey, this is Chef Johnson. So you replied to our ad on Indeed. Want to set up a time to talk to you. I've got uh, today between three and four and then tomorrow between two and six. Well, what works for you? Just text candidates that way. And then they'll say, yeah, this works. And now you're good to go. But don't bother calling people. Email, don't, don't use email either. These guys don't check their email. You got to text them. So those are three things. Make your, your advertising compelling. Be on it. Uh, be efficient with your contacting your candidates. Uh, and then, um, you know, text them. Those will be my three little tidbits. Holy smokes, man. That is, <laughs> that is solid gold right there, people. Solid gold. If you are looking for, for the chance to hire some incredible people, you need to listen to that and you need to take that to heart. Cause that is, wow. That is, that is platinum covered gold right there. I'll tell you what though, I'm going to switch gears and ask you the same question selfishly. I, I want a job. So what do I need to do to stand out? Because I think a lot of people are thinking that right now. And there are some specific things that you do need to do. Uh, and it starts earlier in your career. So I, I would love, and I, listen, I got to tell you something. I've worked with, you know, C-level professionals, um, you know, in, in different industries, um, you know, big time people placing them in big time jobs for, for years and years. And there is something unique about executive chefs. There are, there, there, at least as far as I can come up with, there, there is no other job where you need to have so many different skills and so many vastly different skills, and you need to be good at them like an executive chef. You have, I mean, usually somebody that is creative and that can create beautiful and, and taste, tasting, tasty things like, like chefs can do, usually that, that, person is not also very good at managing a bunch of people or uh, being very good with financials. However, we require executive chefs to be excellent at all three of those. That is not an easy thing. Um, and so it, it's, it's a very tough job. That's why I love working with chefs because I just respect them. I couldn't do it. Uh, you know, I'm creative, but I don't know if I could do the management piece. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's a difficult thing. So when I talk to chefs, uh, whether they're starting out in their career or mid-career, I always tell them you have to have a, a, an idea in mind of who you want to be. What job do you want? Um, and that can always change a little bit as you go through your career, but you want to always be thinking two jobs ahead. That's the key. Don't think about your next job. Think about the job after that job, right? So two jobs ahead, where do you want to be? What job do you want to be in? Do you want to be the executive chef of a big resort? Do you want to be the executive chef of a fine dining restaurant? Where do you want to be? What type of, what type of job do you want? Now, what I recommend is people do is find, think of that job. When you think of it, then go on LinkedIn and find somebody that has it. 
go see, go, go find a couple of people that are already doing that job and then look at their background. Where did they start? What jobs did they take to get there? Because usually it's, it'll give you a blueprint. Okay. These are the types of positions that I need to be getting into so I can learn all those different skills. So at some point in time, I can be that big time executive chef that makes $160,000 a year. You know, that's one thing. Um, it, it's a, it's easy for me to tell somebody that, and it's, it's a simple concept. It's hard to do though, because when you're in the middle of your career, it's hard not to take the job that gets offered to you that maybe pays a little bit more. You're thinking, man, yeah, I need more money now. Well, that might not be the best, that, that job that, that you're thinking about taking might not be the job that's going to get you two jobs ahead. So you got to think about what that, that the job, two jobs ahead, what job do I need to have in order for somebody to offer me that job that I really want? And that's usually a, a pretty specific job. Um, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to be the executive chef of a, one of these new boutique hotels that are open on open opening up that, that have got a, a hot restaurant, they've got some banquets, they're doing weddings. You want to be that, that style of chef, okay? Well, those types of places typically want to hire somebody that has worked in that type of hotel. Something that isn't maybe a, just a standard brand, you know, uh, you know Doubletree. Maybe they don't, they, don't, they don't really want to hire somebody that's just been doing standard food at a standard hotel. They typically want to hire somebody that's been in that boutique or lifestyle game. So you got to think to yourself, all right, well, I've been working in restaurants. Um, I need to, I want to get into the hotel world. So if there's a job that opens up, maybe it's a sous chef job at one of those boutique style hotels. You also could get another executive chef job at a restaurant, right? It pays a little bit more than that, that is the sous chef job, but you don't have your, you're not going to get hired for that boutique hotel because they they're going to require you to have hotel experience so you got to find your way into that boutique world you got to get into that club once you do then you're executive chef for a couple of years you've already got the restaurant experience so they know you can cook really well now they know you can run things at a hotel perspective because you've learned all of that boom two years later you're getting offered that boutique hotel job that pays 110 uh, and you're loving life man so it's all about you, it, here's the thing though, when you get offered that boutique hotel exec chef position, you, you, you got offered that job three years prior when you took the job, that sous chef job. So you've got to always think of that. It's the, it's, you got to think two jobs ahead. That would be my number one piece of advice for anybody that's starting out mid career. Just, just always think ahead. That next job might not be the one that's going to do it for you. Uh, it's two jobs ahead. Oh man, you know I love that. I am all about sacrifice now for what you ultimately want later. And, uh, you know, I'm about as impatient as anybody out there. <laughs> but I honestly believe that if you have a vision and a goal and you, and you really work towards that, then things will, things will work in your, in your benefits. So I, I gotta ask though, you know, as far as getting noticed and getting that interview, I, I think those are all great points. Um, but I've got a question for you. What's a takeaway from when you're actually interviewing? There's got to be something that you see out there that maybe people do wrong or people do right. When you actually get called in for that interview, that tasting, give us some pointers right there. So here's the thing. And this, the reason I thought about this, we just had some, we just had this happen earlier this week. We had a, we had a great chef that, 
uh, was interviewing for this job. Um, and they love them. They, he, he has got a great background. Uh, the, the, the actual interview part portions were going great. And then they brought him in for the, his tasting and the tasting didn't go too well. Uh, and there were a couple of specific reasons why. And first off, he, he didn't look great. He did his, his, uh, the, his chef coat that he wore wasn't, it looked like it, it maybe like it was the one that he wore at, you know, his working coat. Um, and then he didn't, sh his personality didn't show through during the tasting either. And, and, you know, that has happened more times than I can count is when really good chefs mess up the tasting. And it's, and it's typically, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of times it's not the food that they mess up. They cook actually pretty good food, but it's, it's, it's the other parts of the tasting that bite them in, in the behind. And so let me just give a couple of little pieces of, of advice. When you go in for your tasting, what I would do is I would have a, a, a show jacket that you only use for, you know, when you're going to be maybe um, doing special events, maybe you're going to different functions or interviews, just have it always kind of pressed and ready to go. Have it look sweet. It's never something that you would wear to work. Wear that. Number two, remember that when you are doing a tasting that you are on display. Okay, you are not in the back of the house working in the lab. You are, you got to put on your, your friendly face. You don't have to be the friendliest human being on the planet, but during that time, you got to have a couple of things kind of ready to go to, that shows your personality. You want to be smiling when you present your, your different dishes, look people in the eye, tell a little story. Why did you choose that? Um, you know, if you've got something on your coat, sometimes, you know, chefs have different patches, pins and stuff. Just talk about that. Hey, by the way, you know, I got this when I worked, um, you know, for this restaurant in South Beach and we did this and then we won that. And so that's where this came from. Little stories like that. These people eat that stuff up when you do that. And then also do one other little thing. So a lot of these tastings that you go to, they're going to give you a menu. They're going to say you're going to do one lunch item, one dinner item, one dessert, one special, you know, do always do one little thing extra that they didn't ask for. And when you do that, it just shows like an initiative. It'll put you in front of these other chefs that came in there. They're going to say, boy, that other chef, he could cook really well. But, man, I didn't like him as much as the chef that came in and man, had all those stories. They did, he did that little extra thing. I just liked him. There was something about him. And then you're going to be the one that gets, to that gets the job just because you did those little extra things. So, hey, hope that helped. Uh, you know, hope that little, little tasting tip helps. Oh, man. You are, you are on a roll. This is, wow. Again, just golden nuggets. There are some really, really good things in there. And I can tell you from personal experience, having been a part of a lot of panels, hiring a lot of different chefs or in a lot of different positions, that there is something about likability that it's hard to put a number on that. It's hard to quantify how you do that, but you just really got to present yourself as the kind of person that, that, you know, you want to spend 10, 12 hours a day around because that's the reality of it. People have to, they have to like you. They have to want to be around you. And I think to your point that that really is something that a lot of people out there miss. Yeah. It, it's funny because it's, it, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's totally fair, but executive chefs, especially, you know, people in, in, you know, the hospitality world, um, 
you know, that, that are, that are, you know, I will, I will say maybe this, this goes on more in hotels and restaurants, but they get a little, they're a little nervous about meeting an executive chef because they think in their mind, they're going to be egotistical. They're going to be hard to do, you know, hard to, to manage, difficult. You have that going in, you know? So if you come across as somebody that is a hundred percent, not like that in an interview setting, you are right away going to put yourself ahead of the game because a lot of other chefs, even if they're not difficult, if they don't come across as being overly friendly, they may, you know, the, the people doing the hiring may just assume that they're going to be difficult. So you're, you're totally right, man. Just, you know, think, think being friendly and approachable and you right off the bat are like six steps ahead of the game, you know? Well, now that you have given us this plethora of knowledge and plethora of, of good things to think about and things to ponder on. I think it's only, it's only right that we, we figure out a way for people to get a hold of you. So if, if people want to touch base with you and they need your, they want your help, they need your help. We all know they need your help, but they want your help. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. I I would say the easiest way is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there all the time. Connect with me on there. Uh, it's Mike Dury. I'm, I'm, I think I'm the only one on LinkedIn. I'm the only one that says, uh, you know, that has executive chef matchmaker, I think, under his profile. <laughs> so, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I post little videos and stuff on occasion about just different things that I see in the industry, different tips for chefs on how to get jobs. And, um, you know, whenever I talk to a chef like you, you know, we're chatting about something, I'm like, well, that's a really, really good point. I'll put it on a little video and just pass it along to people. So find me on LinkedIn, connect. You ever have questions, you can send me a message. I, I, I respond to messages about that type of stuff quickly um, every day. So I'll, I'll help you out. I'd be happy to do that. Oh, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for your time, for all of the <laughs> all of the knowledge that you dropped here, because I think it's invaluable and anybody who doesn't reach out to you, I think is crazy. So definitely reach out to Mike, everybody, and definitely tap his brain and figure out how he can help you. Um, because whether you're looking for a job or you're looking to hire someone, he can help. I love it. Hey, Sean, I love the show. I love what you do for chefs. Um, glad we were able to connect. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch. And with that, I have to say one more time. You need to call Mike. You need to get a hold of him. You need to at least connect with him on LinkedIn and, and pick his brain because, man, that guy is a wealth of knowledge and he really does practice what he preaches. So if you're looking for a job or you're looking to hire people, it's always, always good to know people. And it's always, always good to reach out and network because you just never know. You never know what opportunities are going to bring. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.